Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hi, everyone. Dave. Shalon Puffs. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with a thing that's a good one of those. And Craig does it. That's right. I do. Um, I think this week uh, I will recommend a video game. Uh, it is of the term The Planet Crafter. So in this neat little game, you're terraforming a planet. Uh, it's it's a survival crafting game a la subnautica and all those others that exist but in this one you're terraforming the planet and the neat thing is that you get to see the planet being terraformed in front of your eyes so it starts as this barren planet and you start adding you know water to the atmosphere and creating lakes and creating grass and etc etc and you get to see this stuff that's pretty cool um not as difficult. I mean, it's still an uh, early access. It is nowhere near as difficult as Subnautica itself, and it doesn't have some of that scare factor to it. But it's still sort of relaxing to to play and just yeah, make some changes. Pretty cool. It's called The Planet Crafter. All right. This is about a planet that has a set of Legos, and the planet makes like planet-sized skyscrapers and stuff out of the Legos. No. I don't, I don't even know what game that is. Could, could it be? Because that sounds kind of fun. I would play that one, yeah. <laughs> well, that's not this. Well, it's still in early access, so you can't say that for sure, Craig. It's tr- true. But now I bigger think it's... Known, <laughs> bigger known games have changed more since early access, presumably. Have they? I'm trying to think of like an example. Like uh, Cyberpunk 2020? 2077, the one that went from being a game that didn't work to one that eventually did, eventually. <laughs> Is that the one? Yeah. In pre-release, it didn't. It worked, and then in release, it didn't work, and then apparently it works again. Yeah, a lot of patching for that one. Uh, yeah. So, Dave, what's your what's your thing this week that is that is good? I'm playing a game called Monster Hunter Rise. It's pretty fun. Bait up on the giant monsters. It's like you know, Kaiju Preservation Society. It's the opposite of that. And then you carve up the monsters to make better weapons and armor to fight even bigger monsters. Uh, This is a long-running series by Capcom. I have not played any other Monster Hunter game, so I don't have much to compare it to. Uh, From what I hear, a lot of the more hardcore Monster Hunter fans don't like the way some things have been streamlined. But if you've been curious about the series, it's definitely more accessible than it's ever been. And uh, especially... Now that it is out on multiple platforms, it used to be a single platform game, you know, either releasing on just P- PSP or just uh, DS or, or whatever. But uh, hey, you can, now you can get it on Monster Hunter Rise on Switch or PC or probably other things. I don't know. I don't have other things, so I don't keep track of that. But uh, yeah, it's a decent entry point into the series. And if you've ever been curious about it, so, and there's a new patch coming out, so it's a good time to get into it. Be curious. Have you played any of the others? No. 
So I tried to get into Monster Hunter before, but it's whatever game. I don't even know which one it was, but whatever it was, it was hard to get into because like there was a lot of knowledge and stuff that I needed that I just didn't have. So I'm like, oh, I'll kill these monsters. But in reality, I was just killing these dinosaurs just to get fur or something. I don't know. I don't remember. I didn't play it for very long. The dinosaurs are the monsters. Yeah. Dinosaurs don't have fur. They have feathers. Oh, the yeah. bear dinosaurs do. So I don't know. Um, but maybe I'll have to check this one out. We'll talk. That sounds. Oh, also, a, a friend bought it for me, and another friend bought me the expansion. So that's also a good thing. Is that I have cool friends that buy me games. Thanks, game friends. Uh, so I think it's my turn now, right? Seems like my turn. Uh, so my good thing this week is I'm almost done with Stranger Things season four, but man, these episodes are so long. Every single episode this season has been like movie length, and and guys, you got to stop. You, you got to stop with this. Do more episodes if you need to. Like, keep the season length the same, but, like, break it up into more episodes. I have I have to do things sometimes, right? Like, give me, give me a break to be able to do stuff. You guys, please. So what was your good thing that you're almost done? Stranger Things Season 4. It's been really good so far. I'm on the last episode. I still have, like, 2 hours and 15 minutes to go on the last episode. It was unclear if season four was your good thing or the fact that you're almost done was a good thing. Kind of both. I mean, again, I've really been enjoying the season. It's It's been a pretty good season so far. But Yeah, it's like, you know, things are easier to consume in half-hour increments. You know, sometimes even in like 45 to an hour increments. But like something, if you can break something up into 30-minute pieces, I'm, I'm much more likely to get into it than you release long episodes and stuff oh well then you already know where i stand about watch sitting down and watching a two-hour movie yes i have something for you specifically dave it's not good but it is broken up into tiny pieces i watched man versus b it's it's quite bad it's also a movie but they broke it up into nine episodes of like 10 to 20 minutes for no reason b but this is good thing mike but this could be a good thing for you because apparently your only entertainment criteria is length. And there you go. <laughs> yeah. Stranger Things Season 4. And now it's Tori's turn to do a thing that's good in a thing. A thing good? A thing good. So today, my husband was like, hey, I'm going out for to Lowe's later. Do you, I was going to stop and get lunch. Do you want anything in particular for lunch? And I was like, I have decision fatigue. Don't ask me any questions. And so he was like, I'm going to surprise you. And he surprised me with something from Chili's called a quesadilla explosion salad. And guys, it was so good. So if you're going to Chili's, you should get this salad. It's got like, it's like a bed of lettuce with like the quesadilla chicken on top. And there's cheese and black beans and tomatoes. And there was a little tiny quesadilla. And it was so good. It was just an an explosion of flavor like is in the name. And I enjoyed it so much. That's my good thing. Yum. That does sound good, but not quite as good as Cuatro's Quesos Dos Fritos. Yeah, does anyone ever make that in real life? Uh, there's, a, try it. there's a binging with Babish on it where he tried. <laughs> Did it work out? Not as depicted in the show, but he made some adjustments and got something close. Ooh. I mean, they do make, like, I think Taco Bell or something does make, like, burritos out of Doritos or something. Someone does something. 
which isn't for cheeses, but uh, yeah, Sean Spencer really, really sold me on that. Well, they don't travel well. <laughs> All right, how about something that does travel well, like some chapters? Not corrupted oath gates, I'll tell you that much. All right, today we're going to be covering Oathbringer, some chapters, and the end of part four. Chapter 108. Drawing is easy. Honor's path. Sylphrena remained imprisoned. Shallan is not allowed to crush on Kaladin, but... Wait, try that one again. Shallan is not allowed to crush on Dreamy Kaladin, but... Thank you. Bead practice. Honor's Brenner, so easy to lie to. Azure deal. Rules don't apply if you're dreamy enough. Azure's <laughs> bounty is a weapon. And a guy. Shallan is a cracked vase. Vas. Vas. Vase. Vase. How do you guys say that word, Craig? Um, I say vas. Vas. Interesting. I think so. Mike? Did, did you guys hear how hard he thought about that before he said it? I had uh-huh. to think because I don't <laughs> normally I say it. I don't normally say the word. Uh, I go vase. I think I say it differently every time. Tori? I also say vase. Yeah, vase is, yeah. is acceptable, though. Yeah, it's just... If you're if you're calling it a vase, then you're giving it a lot more um, pretension. Right, it, sound, it sounds fancier. Like it should, have depictions, it should have depictions of maps of like cell on them if you call it a vase. No, Scadrial. Cell is the vase planet. Scadrial's the vase planet. No, Scadrial's the fake French planet. Uh, so they pronounce it vase. Indeed, they do. Uh, confession, lightning around. Kaladin causes a ruckus and interrupts Shallan's Adel in time. Okay, hold up. Two things here. Um, would you like to pronounce that the way you spelled it in your notes? <laughs> uh, Catalin causes a ruckus and interrupts <laughs> Shallan's Adel in time. Catalin. And then, as we all know, it's actually supposed to be Dreamy Catalin. Not Midri Catalin? Alrighty, next scene. Nahel is like a sleepy Zahel. I can't wait till Craig tries to interpret. I, don't I have no clue. <laughs> oh, you're going to have such a good time with this chapter. The ancient daughter is too young. Honor, Spranner. No, hi, Spran. The fourth ideal is soon. Wind, Spran, are rare on this side. Captain Hanjan will consider helping Kaladin, at, or Dreamy Kaladin, depending on his mood, keep his oath to the bondsmith. Adolin dreams of Dreamy, Dreamy Kaladin. Us seven people are an odd bunch, the fused. And real quick, uh, I'm going to cut to the last scene real quick. And I just, first of all, it's kind of funny because as you're reading it, you're like, is this from Shallan's perspective? And then you realize this from Adolin's perspective and how much he's like gawking at, at Dreamy Kaladin. And then like the basically the point of the final scene, Adolin is like, my girlfriend has a crush on Kaladin, but I can't blame her. <laughs> All right, Craig, you got a lot of bullet points to cover. That I do. Good luck, me. All right, we start out with a Salon perspective as they're on the... Uh, is the ship called the Honor's Path? The ship is called Drawing is Easy. Oh, okay, yeah, that. Um, so, essentially, as a quick recap, they still put herself up because she knew knows that there was a, a bounty on her. So these are spread who happen to own the ship uh, have captured her, and they're taking them to lasting integrity i believe is the the city which is a bunch of honor spren who live there um 
And so, like, they're they're essentially on the ship uh, trying to decide what to do. And Shalon decides that as part of what they need to do to try to get away, uh, she needs beads. Because the beads are the cognitive beads. No, beads. There's a D. Going it, buzz, buzz. Ds. It's, it's their minds of things that are in the physical realm. So she could take that and the try rest to... Of development. <laughs> I tried. Um... And yeah, and then she can manifest it. So they, in order to get away, they need to manifest something. So she needs beads. So she asks for it. And under the pretense that she just wants to practice, trying to talk to it because that's part of her training. Um, Shalon's not allowed to crush on Kaladin, but Vale is. I assume that's that part where Vale sort of leaks in and is, and is watching dreamy Kaladin like, ooh, I like the cut of his jib. Vale would never say that. Sorry, no, but yeah, you can hear that. Her eyes would telescope out of her skull, and her tongue would flap out, and she'd go a wooga, a wooga. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Dave, Dave was playing uh, the sound clip. Um, yeah, I forgot practiced... that it's, uh, just because it's in a different window doesn't mean you don't hear it because it's the same application. Oops, I'll just post this in our Discord and uh, and have a nice segue here, Mike. So, folks should join our Discord, and the way you do that is you go to patreon.com slash CosmereCast, and you don't have to give us money. We appreciate it if you do, but you don't have to. And then you get to join our Discord, and you get to see all the stuff we post, and you get background on a lot of stuff. If you do give us money, you get more stuff. You get to join into the live recordings, you get to listen to our patron-only content, where we've been covering uh, Alice in Wonderland. We're going to record another episode on Through the Looking Glass soon. We've got a show called Superior Sequels, where we talk about movies that have sequels that are better than the first one. And we've got a few episodes of that up. And it's good stuff. You should you should give us money so you can enjoy that. So, um, right. And Honor Sprint are easy to lie to because, yeah, she can just fib a little bit and just get away fib with it. Fib a little bit. Um, Azure has made a deal. Uh, where where she she's essentially gonna part ways with the group. Um, she has a different plan. Like she has to get back to her people. She's chasing after a bounty that happens to be a weapon. I don't know who that could be. Maybe Dave has an idea. Sword Nimi. Yeah. Um, and then Shalon has a chat with Adolin, and essentially they. Well, I don't think she confesses anything, but Adolin confesses that he killed Sadius. So uh, she confesses that she's like duplicitous and can't get her personality straight and isn't sure which one Adolin likes best because she feels like she's always deceiving him and living a lie. Sure, sure. Um, but we've been waiting for, uh, what, four parts of this book and finally Adolin has confessed that he killed Sadius and nothing happened. It's just a murder, you guys. Just a little murder. And Shallan's response is, good. <laughs> well... <laughs> No, Maybe Shalon was like, the wrong person to confess to. Yeah, because Shalon's like, oh, murder. I've done some of those. That she had. You know, okay, Kaladin's a soldier. So, yeah, he he's killed some people on the battlefield. But I think Shalon has definitely the most, like, cold-blooded murders uh, of Team Radiant. Those are rookie numbers, kid. You got to bring those numbers up. Shalon is uh definitely up there. She's certainly in double digits. So she killed her mom. She killed her dad. She killed... Uh, that girl, what was training her? Yeah, yeah. She does. Does the unmade count? No. 
Craig was rounding up from three. I, I, was, I was three. rounding up. It feels like there's a lot, though. Cause... It's double digits in binary. So Adolin has one cold-blooded murder, and Shallan has, like, three. Does Kaladin have any cold-blooded murders, or are they all battlefield murders? They're not murders if they're on the battlefield. He does have a cold-blooded punch a guy in the face. That's acceptable. Yeah. I can't think of any for Kaladin. He almost sort of roundabout was responsible for an assassination attempt on Elokar. But he stopped stopped it at the last minute. That's that's what counts. Um, Anyway, uh, and then Kaladin is is putting up a ruckus because, you know, he wants Syl to be free. Not cool that she's locked away. Um, Okay, and then we get switched to a Kaladin perspective where he has a chat with the captain. Uh, I think his name is Newtum. I'm pronouncing that wrong. I I I, I know. Not Tom. Not Tom. No, Um, not Tom. Anyone but Tom. They talk about the... uh, the hail bond a little bit um and the ancient daughter how she's young so essentially phil's history is that she was one of the first spren created by the Stormfather, and then the recreants happened and he's like no more well for a bit until he eventually made like what 10 other honor spren who all the current honor spren come from or something like that but yeah so she okay dave is currently making nahil is like a sleepy zahil uh, his bullet point. He wants. He wants me yeah. to say that again. Nahale is the bond between at least the uh, honor spren and a radiant. I don't know if it's different for different. It's types it's of all spren. It's all spren. Yeah. It's it's because N is a sideways Z. So if a Z gets sleepy, it lays down on its side and it becomes an N. <laughs> Thank you. <Mike>. Yep. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um. And then you know, Kalen's like saying some things about how, like, oh, you must assume that all the humans are the same, and the honor sprint are like, no, we're not we're not a high sprint. Like, we understand there's some differences. Um, he mentally talks with Syl, and she sort of mentions, like, the fourth ideal, that he's close, because he was asking what the words are. He was actually thinking about uh, the different ideals and what they could actually mean, and that's why she's like, it's close, but, you know, she can't just tell him flat out what the words are. I'd, I'd like to point out that Kaladin doesn't go visit Syl for this conversation. He's just thinking about oaths and can then talk to her. Yeah. Um, and then while he's doing this, um, some wind spreads start popping up around him, which is unusual in the cognitive realm, apparently, because uh, they, they mostly exist in the physical realm itself. So uh, that happens. And then the captain thinks about, like, maybe, you know... Since, uh, oh, so Kaladin says that he has a bond to the Bondsmith, who happens to be bonded to the Stormfather, uh, to protect him. And, you know, wouldn't that be honorable if he actually keeps it? And essentially gives the captain something to think about. Uh, okay, scroll down. Adolin dreams of Dreamy Kaladin, because the, they, they see him causing a ruckus. And Adolin sees Shallan taking a look at Cowden, especially when the windsburn pop up and she's like i gotta draw this but like there's a look in her eye and adolin's like yeah i could see it uh and then he he talks to to patter and he's like you know we are an odd bunch and patter's like hmm seven yes we are odd which is great i love that um and then the fuse pop up in the distance uh-oh what are we gonna do end of chapter can find out what we're gonna do but we would have to read on chapter 109 Neshua Kadal, Veins of Garnet. Rule number one is know your enemy. Dalinar wants to talk to Eshenai's sister, maybe. 
How many people can down our trap in the Shadow Realm? Seems like he should just do that during a decisive battle. Venley kind of likes friendening Dalinar, but maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Odium, Odium mad, though. Timber, Tam, I don't know why. Tambor is cool. Contest of champions, you say. Talk about the weeping, am I right? Stormfather, all boo-hoo. So uh, in this chapter, Dalinar sees a high storm passing below Erythru, and he, uh, for the first time in a while, goes into a vision. And he pulls an unsuspecting companion into the vision, uh, that being Venli. I don't think he actually knows. Does he know Venli? Or like, no, he doesn't, I guess know, he her doesn't name. know her name. Is no. he just like, bring me some random parchment? Like, no. So earlier they had a conversation where Dalinar's like, hey, is there like an enemy commander or someone that I could talk to? And Stormfather's like, y- you know, I can't see anything like that, but he can see. Venley for some reason that that she's important for some uh reason so that's why Dalinar's like hey pull her in interesting uh yeah so she's kind of like drawn to Dalinar and she's you know always been kind of on the fancy about I I would describe her as that yes on the fence uh, yeah. <laughs> whether whether she should side with odium or with the radiance and she is harboring tambor who is some sort of spren that i figure out what type of spren i don't remember do you want me to tell you yeah tell me if i know what kind of spren tambor is uh mike do you know if he knows i thought we talked about I'm it before pretty sure he knows and telling him won't actually be like a spoiler of like, yeah, you're gonna figure out exactly what's happening for the rest of the series. He he's yeah. a light sprin. Oh, so she's a light weaver. Got it. Okay. No, that's not what that means. <laughs> oh, so she's. A I wait. We lighter. had this conversation before. We had it like word for word. Like, oh, <laughs> did we? Yeah. He he's a like light sprint. Meaty. She's a light weaver, and it's like Maybe. no. Cryptics are light weaver. Maybe she could be a bondsmith. I don't know. There are two other. Although this little lights, oh wait, but it could be cultivation because uh, cultivation's kind of in hiding, right? And maybe it's or cultivation's like storeman. Wait, you don't you don't bond with cultivation. You bond oh, with spren. Cultivation right. is not a spren. Bond. You bond with Stormfather, Stormman, and Stormuncle. That's right. Yes. Yes. But a second. No. Wait. No. Are they even on this planet? Yes. Maybe Stormman and Stormuncle are on a different planet. No, they're on Roshar. How? Maybe one mean? of them does like underground storms. So when when Honor was thinking about making Spren, he made them on Roshar, and that's how they're here. The end. What else is like ever present on Roshar? Like high storms, crabs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Shells, gem hearts. Uh, yeah, Spren. Uh, light stormlight. That's it. Stormlight, Stormlight spring water. Maybe there's like an ocean, ocean mama, and I guess the Everstorm probably isn't run by one of Honor's triumvirate of sprints because it's like an Odium storm. I think, as far as we've assumed up to this point. Hmm. Well, so, so yeah. the Everstorm, uh, I could at least mention this. Everstorm's new, so given that it doesn't have any people yeah, that but... were thinking about it for a while. Um, so th- compare that to the Stormfather, which is something that happens often, frequently on the planet, that everybody thinks about. So cognitive-wise, it's very strong, and it has a big identity to One it. One of the moons. 
Whereas the so, Everstorm, people don't really think about. So, well, let me put it this way, Craig. The Everstorm, there's no record of the Everstorm ever hitting Roshar before now, but the records only date back a few thousand years when the Hall of Records was mysteriously zapped away. Yeah, but specifically Everstorm is part of the last desolation. Like the, the, you mean the most recent desolation or the well, or the, the ultimate the, desolation. The one that is happening, which is called no, the true desolation. I'm sorry. That's not the last one, it's the current one. The, the, yeah, the one that's currently happening, the Everstorm is tied to this desolation. The Everstorm, the Night of Sorrows, the True Desolation. Yeah, that's a quote. Yeah, what what they said in the book. Now, that's from Dalinar's visions. That's directly from Honor. He was warned about this. Uh, so, yeah, so they're having this vision, and Dalinar's chatting it up with Venli. I don't think he even gets her name Maybe he does. I don't remember. But he's basically just showing off, and she's kind of like, oh, man. Maybe... And she's attuning old rhythms, which she had sworn off. And uh, interestingly, she's not actually able to attune the old rhythms while Odium is paying attention to her. And Stormfather kind of is keeping Odium distracted for a little bit while uh, Dalinar tries to talk to Venli. And she talks a big game, but she's like, she's like, you should have thought about peace before and Dalinar's like I wanted to talk about peace with your sister but then she went and tried to kill us all right and then Tambor was there and the end um so oh yeah and then and then Dalinar talks to Odium and he's like how about a contest of champions my dude and then I don't remember what Odium said but then the vision's over and Stormfather's crying because that's how tough Odium is that he makes the sliver of windfinity cry i mean there's a lot of power anyone else no i'm good next chapter chapter 110 a mill stars we're there where here and that's it they got there that's the end of the chapter he okay so this is when shallan uh they shallan perspective but uh the fused are gaining on them and Sills let out of the brig, and essentially they're like, you can go. And so they hop into the beads, and they make a, a room or something that Shallan manifests, so that way they can hide while the fuse go by. Um, and Azure, this is where Azure mentions she's looking for Zahil as well. And th- this she, is when you makes, actually learn who Zahil is. She makes a scuba tank. Self-contained, yeah. under-beater, breathing apparatus. A submarine? Scuba tank? Yep. Anything else? No, nah, think I'm good. Okay. Chapter 111. Eola Steel. We're not here to study Thalen defenses to conquer them, Amarama Ding Dong. We should stab him a little. <laughs> we have 37 minutes and 57.42 seconds until the meeting. Where are the big spheres? Dalinar has met cultivation before. They met it at the office Halloween party. She was dressed like a hot dryad. They got drunk and made out. She wiped his memory afterwards so he wouldn't go bragging to his army buddies. Good yeah. and heartless. That's legit. I think that's exactly what happened, Dave. Yeah. Uh, so Stormfather specifically says that the uh, Night Watcher is not cultivation. If he can be believed. I mean, Stormfather doesn't lie. He doesn't, he doesn't volunteer information, but he doesn't lie either. So she could be almost cultivation. And that's that he would be give the same answer. But uh, all right, is this uniting them, you guys? Early and faster ever storm. Dawn chant warning. 
Beware the alien with a sweet tooth. That was in the uh, Dawn Chant translation. There was like the aliens and they had the sweet tongues or tooth or something. But then like E.T. had like like Milky Ways or something. He liked Reese's like, Pieces. Reese's Pieces. Yeah, this is an alien yeah. with a sweet tooth. Probably that the Dawn Chant's talking about. The monsters was humans all along. Don't look so shocked. Help, the reputation is under attack. Oh, no. All right, Craig, you can have this one again. Unless you want to phone in and pass it off to somebody else. Uh, I mean, I'm fine. Um, Well, first off, we can trust everything in this chapter because the title is Steel. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's all written in Steel. You're right. It's true. We learned that from Mistborn Error 1. Takes me back. Um, Okay, down our perspective. Uh, he's getting together with the other monarchs of his uh, little alliance group people. Um, he has a talk with Amaram on the way, and Amaram's like, oh, good thing we're gonna learn their defenses so we can conquer them, and, you know, he's an idiot, so, yeah, he gets told I do want to point out part of this conversation. Amaram at least is saying that he believes Dalinar killed Sadius, and he's, even Amaram, he's probably doing this, you know, to make some kind of like political or like social move. But he says, yeah, I know you can't admit that you killed Sadius, but it's probably good that you did. Like even Amaram said that, whether or not he meant it. So the problem with Amaram is that I think he believes everyone thinks how he does. So Dalinar, who he apparently modeled himself after, uh, at least the, the, the Blackthorn. But the Blackthorn. The Blackthorn. So he, even he thinks like, oh, Dalinar must think the same way he does because of course, and he's super successful. Amaran yeah. just can't he really <laughs> see things from a different pers- perspective. Uh, uh, oh, he's like wax. Uh, Amaram does show a little bit of resentment for believing Sadius didn't utilize him in the best way, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he was out fighting in the Alethi... Highlands for a while while the whole Shattered Plains was happening. So Amram's feeling a little he slow. He a shard bearer while he was out there, so it worked out. Oh yeah, he totally did it by himself without any help at all. Um, who says we should stab him a little? Was that Lift? No, no, no that was one, was one of the one of Bridge, bridge, four. bridge that was four. Bridge Four, yeah. That was Teft. Was it Teft? It was Teft. Okay. I thought it was one of the uh, okay other ones. I mean, I love the interaction between the Bridge Four members. They just they're they're good at ribbing. Um, no, he's Teft is like, we should stab him a little. How do you stab him a little? Uh, we could let Lynn do it. She's she's new to his spear. We could claim it was an accident. I believe Lynn actually volunteers. <laughs> she's like, I can stab him and say it was an accident. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yeah, they have 37 minutes to the meeting. He has a nice fancy watch now that, that has a spread inside of it. You know, Navani made it. And that's how he knows what time it is. And then Renarin asks, like, where are all the large gemstones in the city? But we don't know why he asked that. Um, Downar has a little chat with Stormfather and asks, like, I don't think he asked something, but Stormfather mentions that Cultivation uh, is still alive and that Downar has met her before. And he's like, the Night Watcher. And he's like, no, not the Night Watcher. So, yeah, so Downar, no, uh, nah, that's too crazy. That can't be right. What? Say it. Do it. Evie couldn't be the Night Watcher, could she? That's too crazy. I mean, you came up with the Doxandra theory, so... Yeah, but uh, that would sound. I have to think about that. <laughs> I have to think about who Nightwatcher might be. Like, who's Dalinar met? Yasna? Has he met Yasna yet? Yes, Dalinar has met Yasna. 
Maybe um, he met her in a vision, though. That's another possibility that he met that he met cultivation in one of the vision. So he keeps thinking about uniting them, and he feels like he's actually making progress. But then during the meeting, stuff starts happening. Uh, one, they get the Everstorm is hitting Shinovar, which is like four days earlier than they expected, and it's going to be heading towards Thalen early. Um, two, they started decoding the Dawn Chant. This, uh, of course, we got a little heads up about this from a Teravangian perspective uh, that he was actually doing this and that they have the translation from the Dawn Chant, which basically says that people are the Voidbringers all along, or at least the first ones, I should say. Um, shock, shock and horror. Uh, and then, of course, Daladar's reputation is under attack because he met with Odium and he didn't tell anybody. Uh, he made Elokar swear to him as a High King, which, you know, that that's a little questionable. You know, there's all this stuff that was happening. And as we know, Daladar is bad at politics and the politics are being attacked. So it's all falling apart. And it is sad. Mm, yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, if the humans came from a different planet. Did Honor bring them? And if he did, then maybe he had his other Storm Sprint on different planets. That's why I was thinking Dave, about that. But although the Sprint are native to Roshar. You should know who brought, who came with the human. It's it's explicitly said in that chapter. Well, yeah. it's not explicit. It's it's it hinted was, at pretty heavily that you could you could draw the conclusion of. It's all of them. It's Odium and Honor and uh, Cultivation. It's Hoyd. It's Hoyd the whole time. <laughs> I mean, they did, I don't know, maybe it was the other chapter, but uh, they talk about how the humans came and settled in Shinovar, right? And that was because that was the place that was protected for them to raise their their foreign crops and animals and things. The chickens. With, with chickens, the chickens and stupid grass. Chickens yeah. and stupid grass and horses. So who would want chicken real bad? And of course we can see that they're uh, not crazy. just in Shinovar anymore. Clearly, it's the ghost bloods. It's the ghost bloods the whole time. Listen, you can't you can't go around racially profiling with people like that. Everybody loves fried chicken. What about vegetarian? Yeah, they, they love still it. love. They just can't admit it. Yeah, they still chicken love fried chicken. They just they just can't you know give in to their lesser impulses. There. Yeah, I'll have to think. Of, I guess I'll read this chapters. I'll reread it or whatever. All right, chapter one hundred twelve. For the living, Tara is leaving, and Kaladin spoils the bread surprise. The deader, the morer. The Shalane... higher, the fewer. <laughs> That's not what it says. Uh, Shalon is tired of seeing enemy sprint guarding the Oath Gate. I mean, I agree. I'm also tired of that. They're like climbing this mountain, and she's exhausted of seeing the enemy sprint guarding the Oath Gate. In, uh, yeah, so they do make it to Thalen City there, and so the chapter begins with Kaladin remembering his once mate, Tara, and she got transferred out of the war camps. Uh, Tien's death was still fresh in Kaladin's mind, and he still had this notion of, you know, becoming a glorious soldier and winning a shard blade and becoming a light eyes and going home to marry Laryl. And so he doesn't go with his girlfriend to some high prince place. He's like, what if I got a transfer to be his bodyguard or something? And she's like, would you do that? And he's like, nah. And, you know, uh, Kaladin kind of in a way regrets that. 
And then Tara says to him, you know, you got to stop living for the dead. You got to die for the living. Yep, that's the exact quote. That's about uh, that's about it for this chapter, I think. We've sealed the book. No, wait, there's one more chapter. Oh, no, we've sealed the book on chapter 112. That's just a figure of speech, I think. It is now. <laughs> All right, chapter, ultimate chapter of part four and this week's readings, 113. The thing men do best, disappoint, something like that. End of party four. So, yeah, it's like, you know, the humans are good at, what was it, living a lie or something like that? Was that the thing Stormfather said that men do best? Basically, Honor told the Radiance that their cause was just, but then the Radiant, then he was like dying. And so the Radiance stopped thinking their cause was just because, you know, the humans had like invaded Roshar and enslaved their native people and all that. So that's what caused the recreants was the, the the people who had come from another planet, which I don't know if it was in the same solar system, but uh, they came from another planet that they had destroyed. Does this sound familiar? Anyway, they destroyed their planet and they were afraid if they kept using their radiant powers. Wait a second. They were afraid that the radiant powers would cause them to destroy this planet, but the Spren are native to Roshar, I thought. So Correct. how are they... So the LS deal says, or was it the LS deal? I, I don't know. But it mentions that they were surge binding type abilities. I don't think it explicitly says that they were surge binders. So who used Investiture to destroy their planet? The they humans. did. They did. Yeah, the humans. The humans. But I mean, yes. what other planet in Roshar got destroyed by their own powers? Ashen. The, the name of the planet is Ashen. Oh, that's where the Ash Sprint are from. No, they those just fall from the sky. Oh. Uh, from the Ash Mounts. Oh. Uh, so what planet is it? Is it one I've heard of? It's Ashen, we told you. A-S-H-Y-N. You might have heard of it because it's, it's, you can see it in the sky. Is it one of the moons? And it probably also got mentioned in Arcanum Unbounded. Interesting. I don't have that handy to check real quick, but I'm pretty sure it got mentioned. It's in the Rosharan system. Okay, so it is in the Roshar. Um, yeah, it is the first planet closest to Roshar Sun. First of the Sun. Yep, that one. Of the Rosharan system. Okay, do we get any stories in Ashen Planet or not yet? Not yet. There's one oh, planned, but we only have hints and notes at that so far, and all of that could change before publication. So if they see it in the sky, how is it they destroyed it? Well. The... When they say destroy, they mean they ruin the planet so much that people can't live there anymore. Oh, so it's Earth. Yeah, it's yep. it's it's still a chunk of rock so in space. A, so it's, what you're saying, is, <laughs> the Stormlight Archive is just a Captain Planet episode. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. If 10,000 years after Captain Planet failed, we check in on some new people on a different planet, sure. Oh, okay. But, but do they say Earth or when they when they use, say the elements? Well, there's ten elements, so they probably have a much longer theme song. <laughs> oh, who has the time for that? And then, and then they have the shortened version that's just like blood, wind, and the rest. <laughs> and then the, the people from the other surges get really mad. So we only have like fifteen <laughs> seconds for the opening. That's the sh cut short one. Yeah, clear liquids that are soluble in water, <laughs> also known as blood. Blood isn't. Unclear. 
All right, that's the end of part four. What are you guys looking forward to? Uh, the end of part five, mostly. Yeah. Neat. What happens in the end of part five? Oh man, it's so good. Rainbow. There's stuff, and there are people, and they do stuff, and there's running around, and and Nightblood's there, and everybody's happy. I'd be happy if Nightblood were there. Spoilers: There's a Sanders tsunami. A perfect storm. Yeah, I don't know where that was. Yeah, I guess my in- inflection did kind of. Uh... Make that sound confusing. And all right. Are we all done with Dave? I think we are. Sure. Okay. <laughs> See you in the interludes, chumps. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Bye. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Has the thing been played yet? I have to assume that the thing has been played. I've been I've been pretty good about playing the thing. I guess there's a couple episodes where I didn't play the thing, but I told myself oh. to play the thing. So I looked up the article on Ashen, and apparently cultivation used to be on Ashen. So the investiture is sort of a weird mix between cultivation and odium because the Ashenites brought, you know, odium with with them. So honor and cultivation park in the same system, but they each take a planet. And then when odium shows up, cultivation flees to Roshar and odium takes over and cranks up the power of surge binding on Ashen without any sort of checks on said power. It's all about that passion and everything, so it makes sense. And then then when the humans come to Roshar after they break their planet, they have access to similar powers eventually once the Knights Radiant form, but there are checks on those powers to prevent it from being used improperly. Yeah, that's sort of the part that bothers me, because Stormfather's like, oh, you're just going to ruin everything again. And it's like, the Nahal Bond and what's happening with the Sprint, like, those are the checks in place to make sure that the power isn't abused. But everyone seems to assume that, oh, you know, at this point, I should say, the point that we are in this reread, they assume that the reason that the Knights Radiance gave up their spren and their oaths during the Recreance was to prevent the destruction from happening again. I mean, in terms of world breakiness, I feel like Division is, like, top of the list of of powers to look out for and division never went away the skybreakers have been around the whole time skybreakers have division yeah they have division uh, and gravitation i thought that was um what's it called the malaria what is it dust springers what i forget yeah, what they're called the releasers is what they like yeah to be releasers they're the other ones who have division yes yeah do so you think that causes the most pot, uh issues i mean it feels like top of the list right I don't know. Like, I I feel like the surges that they have access to right now, they are a small subset of what was actually pa- uh, possible. I think there are other forms of investiture on Ashen, and that was what was misused. Think about having people that had access to, let's say, what the Lord Ruler had access to when he first touched the power of preservation. Like, the degree that he changed the planet, now imagine if you have Lots of people have access to the same sort of thing that they can destroy, well, change the planet in such a way. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, definitely possible, but 
I was working from the basis of like current Knights Radiant and why they it's dumb that, that anybody yeah. thinks that they can break the planet now. So they're the closest, and all we know about the vision is that they have this decay thing which they can turn stuff into dust. They're basically ruin the surge. Yeah. So we we had a short conversation in the spoiler section of the Discord while Dave was doing stuff. Uh do you wanna do you wanna recap that? Uh it's super weird that Dreamy Cowden thinks about the fourth oath would attract Windspren. I'm surprised Dave didn't say anything about that, actually. Yeah, just how weird is that? That he just he thinks about his fourth oath and he's close to his fourth oath, and then there's Windspren there in a place where they normally aren't. Those are probably yeah. unconnected. I feel like uh, Brandon Sanderson was really hitting us over the head that Windspren are connected to the fourth ideal in some way. Which he doesn't say in this book. Um, there's also, based on the quote that you read, a Knight of Sorrows, and you claim we haven't had a Knight of Sorrows. And I pointed out that all the events that happened at the end of the last book was happening during a weeping, which you could, I mean, the name is weeping. So everything that was happening there, that could be the Knight of Sorrows, where, you know, Kaladin actually makes his oath, but also things go really wrong for Team Radiant because the Everstorm is cold. I mean, that was all during the weeping maybe but we haven't had anybody like call it that since then like the everstorm is named yeah the true desolation i don't think we've had anybody also name that but we can we can go ahead and make that assumption that what what we're dealing with right now is the true desolation they call it a desolation so yeah definitely like there was the last desolation there was the false desolation and now we have the true desolation seems reasonable Ooh. to make that leap right what if it's not and that's what we're heading toward the night of weeping or night of sorrows the truth that's desolation. that's scary but but yeah we haven't had anything that anybody has been like that was a night of sorrows i don't know i'm gonna believe that it's just because it happened weeping i think it fits okay but you could tell me i told you so when we actually get a night of sorrows at the end of book five i oh might remember too i don't know we'll see also uh, there's a theory of yours that I think I'm on board with finally, and I don't remember what that theory is. That's good enough for me. Moving on. One of your pet theories that you're like, I think this is true. I was thinking about it. And I'm like, you know what? I, th I think that is. I think that is the case. I, I don't remember it, though. But something you like to bring up often. So it is a common thing that you have said. So That the unmade are corrupted spren of the nine honor blades that aren't towns? No, not that one. You have so many pet theories. I know. It's a curse. Well, if you mention it again, then I can, I can back. I meant to, to bring it up, but like I said, I don't remember exactly what it was. What was what was the boon that goes with that curse? Oh. That you get nine unmade. No, you uh, said it. You're, yeah. All of your pet theories. It's a curse. Yeah. And then you get nine unmade to go with them. You make a bunch of pet theories and you get nine unmade. It seems way better to me than seeing the world upside down and getting some cloth. Like, oh hey, uh, do we have any eyes on the on? Okay, so there was supposed to be an unmade hanging around Shallan's family, right? I was there. I don't. I don't remember this. You don't remember that? I thought that was part of the Shallan's mom is a is a um. Why I don't do I fully do remember this? that theory. Anyway, apparently there's like a word of Brandon or a theory or something. I thought it was a word of Brandon that there's an unmade hanging around Shallan's family. Which one would it be then? That's my question. 
um, because the the Hesse's Mythica notes have mentioned in this week's chapters Daigarnathus, the Black Fisher. Daigarnathus, yep. Which I want to say that one was supposed to be the weird fountain spread thing with a million faces from the Way of Kings interlude. But how about Chimorish, the Dust Mother, who I don't remember anything about? Yeah, I don't know. So, as Sharpman, Marn, we know where they are. I mean, we we don't know if the heart of the revel was around Shalon's family, but I think we can assume it was not. They yeah. ate a Mishram, captured in a gem. No yep. problem. I'm going to skip the two you mentioned, because we don't know. Uh, Moloch is doing the death rattles. We we know Teravangin hasn't been keeping track of that, so I don't think that's the case. Uh, Nergul is the thrill. Definitely not them, because he was chilling with the Alethi. Uh, the Midnight Mother was busy inside of Urethiru, just feeding on whatever the heck sibling sibling's essence. Saja not, it could be. It could have just be Saja not, because she does seem to have some connection with Shalon, but... From I, our best guess, she's just I, corrupting Sprint. Yes. Okay, so Shalon hasn't mentioned any time she's seen corrupted Spren that she recognizes mm. them, and yeah. I feel like she would have. Okay, that's fair. If Ja not had been hanging around her family for her entire life. And Yelignar has to be eaten to get powers, and I don't think that was the case. So our best candidates, if there was an unmade following Shalon's family, would be the ones you mentioned, Che Morish and Di Ganarthus. But Di Ganarthus, it mentions in this week's chapters that uh, it was probably involved with the scouring of Amia and something related to the Dawn Shards, which I have to reread that book again just to, to get a handle on it. So I don't think that's the case. I think the best case is the Dust Mother. Yeah. Che Morish. And Coppermind has nothing, just absolutely nothing about about this. Sounds like a good candidate. Yep. Gosh, I wish I knew a theory of yours. Was it about Dalinar? Something about the Contest of Champions, maybe? Oh, my my theory on that is that it's L, or it no, would have been... Like, if Odium was still Rays, it would have been yeah. L. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm now on board with that being out the window because it's Teravangian Odium, but... Teravangian yeah. would definitely pick Gavilar. He's still Cognitive Shadow. Which I don't know. I, we have to reread that prelude to see if if that's the case. If if he was successful in becoming a cognitive shadow or not. Anyway, uh, I do have some bullet points this week. How how willing are you into going into them? Yeah, I like bullet points. All right, chapter one hundred eight. Azure, draw her carefully. Oh my god, draw her carefully. Azure said to Boria, the first mate, as Shalon approached. Don't pull her out all the way. She doesn't know you. So this is talking about her sword and much different than Nightblood and how it acts. Uh, like Aboria mentions that something that it tingles and Azure says she's investigating you. So definitely a lot different compared to Nightblood. Nightblood's like destroy evil, destroy evil. You know, he's like a little puppy. Um, clearly, whatever Azure sword is, I guess, better made. I, I think it's more a factor of the like the command used wasn't as confusing to the sword. Okay. Sure wish we knew what that command was. I know, right? B um, sword. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, but you you can't actually tell me that I'm wrong. Okay, later on, another Azure quote. Um, 
she says about Kaladin, maybe I've seen a lot of young hotheads in my time, and your young Stormblast feels like another color altogether. It's one of our color quotes. I just wanted to highlight that and point it out. And then just like a couple sentences later, talking about that the bounty that Azure is chasing is a sword. So we know she's chasing after Nightblood. And she mentions saying hi to their sword master that taught them the, the kata. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, it's still interesting how we got to this point. So at some point, something, okay, from, from what we know, Nightblood somehow found its way to Roshar. And somehow the Night Watcher had access to it. Because I think at some point, I think we're going to find this later on, that she volunteers the sword to Dalinar. Well, at least before Cultivation pops up and has a little chat with it instead. I but, don't remember this, but I will I will take it on faith. Yeah, no, so sounds vaguely familiar. So we know either Cultivation or Night Watcher had access to Nightblood. And later on, of course, Nail has access to Nightblood and just gives it to Zeth like no big deal. Um, he also has a Cognitive Shadow Attacher, which, what's that about? Uh, to be able to give Zeth back his body. Except it's yeah. not that good. It's Super like a blue. stapler that's not very good. It's it's Peter Pan using soap to reattach his shadow. Except it works a little bit. Um, now I'm going to still same chapter. Um, this is the captain talking to Kaladin. And he says, it is worse as the Nehalban is far more intimate of a relationship. The linking of spirits. This is not a thing that should be done lightly unsupervised. That so was an... That was in response to Kaladin being like, well, I it's not like I kidnapped her and we got married. Yeah. Except it is Kaladin. It's exactly like that. It is more intimate. But the reason I wanted to point it out is that it's telling us what is happening. It's a leaking of spirits. So this is spirits as in the spiritual realm. It is tying together the spirit web of Kaladin or any of the Night Radiant with their spread. Um, and the spread are able to use that to help them manifest themselves more in the physical realm because they now have all three pieces of themselves, a physical, a cognitive, and spiritual. Um, so that's cool. And of course, it is being unsupervised because we don't have honor guiding this whole process at this point anymore. It's sort of left up to the spread, and it's sort of up to their interpretation. Except we do still have honor guiding all of this because the oaths that he established... Are, are are still in place. Right, because the Sprint still follow it. The Sprint are the ones that require the oath. If they right. stopped requiring it, actually, this, this goes back to the earlier point about the Night Radiance getting enough power to destroy the planet. Right now, there are checks and balances in place. Like, like you said, honor the oaths and the ideals that were made for each of them. Like, the Sprint are still following it, but if they ever get to the point where, like, you know what, I'm just going to grant powers and not have to worry about it, like, things are going to get really bad. It's that unchecked, unsupervised power that could start running amok. It could happen. It's just Sprint are really slow to change. And so right now, we're not going to get that situation. But hey, there's no honor. If anyone was going to do it, I bet it would be a cryptic. I think the cryptics would be like, hey, let me try this out. Um, also, shortly thereafter, Cowden, I think that in that same conversation, uh, talking about how Cell was created, and Kaladin's like, oh, he was setting up an heir, like this, the Stormfather making Sprint. I've heard that the Stormfather is a kind of image of the Almighty, and Notum's like, he's more like a weak shadow. So 
this is just confirmation that he's a cognitive shadow of honor. Oh, I'm having trouble. Okay. Do I care about this one? This is the one talking about high sprint. He's like, I'm no high sprint. I can see that the variety of humankind is what gives you strength. Your ability to change minds to go against what you once thought can be a great advantage. But your bond is dangerous without honor. There will not be enough checks upon your power. You risk disaster. So this just ties together. Sorry, it's slow to hit the next one. Okay. Uh, Notes on talking about what else they could do about Kaladin and his bond to Selfrena. And Noda mentions that, you know, it's not too late to do something about Kaladin. Killing you would free her, though it'd be painful for her. There are other ways, at least, until the final ideal is sworn. And so I wanted to highlight this because it's like, what other ways do we have of severing the bond between Esprin and uh, Alradian? It's it's sort of weird that we have this. This casual line just sort of thrown in. Okay, well, moving on. Chapter 109, uh, Venli Perspective. Uh, she mentions that she was attuning to the old rhythms. Like, she doesn't attune to any of the new rhythms while she's in that vision with Dalinar, uh, which in my mind, makes perfect sense. Uh, the quote is, she was using the old rhythms. She's never been able to do that when Odium's attention had been on her. So Odium himself being such a big power, like forcing her to attune to the new rhythms just by his presence. You guys still there? Yeah, we're still here. Okay. Waiting, uh, I waiting for a bullet point that I actually want to chime in on. Uh, I highlighted the quote about Zahil. Um don't fear for me, Stormbless. You will have a much better chance if I stay here, as will these sailors. When you boys next meet the swordsman who taught you that morning kata, warn him that I'm looking for him. And then Adolin's like, Zahil? You know Zahil? So. Yep, because our boy is a little slow. <laughs> yeah. Like, Kaladin, Kaladin, I'm pretty sure, had it figured out, like, while they were doing the kata. Yeah. Um. That is, that is a little bit... I didn't realize this was, like, right there in the book. Like, if Dave didn't figure out by this point, like, there, there are other hints. I I feel like Azure being Vivenna is much easier to figure out, in my mind. Um, and then once you make that deduction, and then she talks about Sahil and, and the Morning Kata, things like that. It's like, well, who taught Vivenna? Vasher. And there you go. It just falls together. Um, chapter, this is 110. Um, this is Renarin asking about the gemstones. He's like, any larger gemstones anywhere in the city? And Fen's like, sure, lots of them. And then Renarin just doesn't elaborate as to why. But uh, isn't it later on during the whole big battle, they end up stealing one of the... So the, the, they they basically steal, was it the one of the, the gemstones that is holding one of yeah. the spren, right? It it has a name and they use it to trap the thrill. But That one, yes. Yeah, it's, it's one of the large perfect gemstones. So Renarin knew that they would need it. Of course, he peeked into the future as he does. Um, Stormfather quote, uh, he mentions that I remember at the end that honor was more obsessed with oaths. There were times when the oath itself was more important than the meaning behind it. So this is when the last days of honor. Um, and this is just sort of emphasizing that the shards themselves and the intent really starts overpowering the person. And the intent becomes everything. And when then you start lacking context or some sort of balancing factor, then the intent just overrides every anything. In this case, everything, sorry. Honor, oaths were more important than any sort of underlying meaning or anything. It's just you have to, if you make an oath, you follow it. And that's just what's going to happen to the shards because they are just a single intent. For That was uh, chapter 111. 
Um, I did highlight Taravangian talking about that he is well today. Um, this is basically a hint that he's on one of his more intelligent days. And therefore, I think he even says that it's not a good day to be heartless. So you could tell that he's one of his intelligent days and but is heartless. Not intelligent enough. He still feels really bad about betraying Dalinar. Slightly above average intelligence. Um, chapter 111. Okay, this is the, the quote from the Elestiel. Uh, beware the otherworlders, the traitors, those with tongues of sweetness, but with minds that lust for blood. Do not take them in, do not give them succor. Well were they named Voidbringers, for they brought the void, the empty pit that sucks in emotion. A new god, their god. So this is the point that I'm like, Dave, you should figure out that it was Odium that they brought with them, because he's sucking in emotions. Like, it's a little bit, I guess it is a little bit weird, because Odium seems to be about strengthening emotions in some way not really sucking them in but we get confirmation later that he also wants to claim people's emotions for himself he wanted dalinar's pain like he was taking credit for the pain so it's odium guys like there's the quote right there all right i have one small problem with this we've already yeah. established via taxonomy that gavilar sucks <laughs> that is true but does he suck in all emotion gavilar sucks i don't know what else to tell you man I think I have a quote from the Recreants, but in the days, this is in chapter 113, but in the days leading to the Recreants, Honor was dying. When that generation of knights learned the truth, Honor did not support them. He raved, speaking of the Dawn Shards, ancient weapons used to destroy the Tranquiline Halls. Honor promised that Surge Binders would do the same to Roshar. So apparently, so this goes back to our early conversation. Apparently, somehow, the people of Ashen used the Dawn Shards to destroy Ashen. And, and we, we know there's one Dawn Shard on Roshar, because we see that in a short story. Like, there's one of them right there. It's the Creation one, I believe, right? Did we? I don't know. I'm also a little bit lost here. Right. So, um, all I'm getting at is that somehow the Dawn Shards were involved with the destruction of Ashen. And we get told this right here. Uh... This is, is this Stormfather? This is Stormfather speaking. Seems kind of sloppy to put multiple Dawn Shards in one place. Well, it could be the creation one. It could have been that it was on Ashen at first. And of course, when people started using it and abusing it, they moved it to Roshar. And that might be why the Ameans were like, uh, we need to do better about hiding this because clearly we didn't do a good job earlier. I think it's the same Dawn Shard is what I'm saying. I think it's the same Dawn Shard. It was in the Rosharan system. Apparently it was on Ashen, and the people somehow must have found it and destroyed their planet with it. So they moved it to Roshar and hid it away in Amia. I mean, this is just a theory, but uh, uh, what do you guys think? It's a good theory. All right. Uh, that's all the notes I have. All my bullet points. Okay. I already covered more or less what I wanted to cover. So I didn't have any. Shall we end the episode? Yes, I think we shall. Craig? Yep. All right, bye, everybody. Good night, Internet. Bye, everyone. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.